We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Chiefs Kingdom, to the Kingdom Bar and Grill here in Overland Park. I'm BJ Kissel. That is Kent Swanson, and we are going to chat about the logo game as the Chiefs <laughs> bought the Raiders 48-9. to And I don't know what it is, Kent, about this, but it annoys me more than it should. I, I fully acknowledge that it's not a big deal that they were sta- they're standing on a logo. It still pissed me off. And so we made a special <laughs> graphic for the postgame logo for everybody watching us live on YouTube and all of that. There we go, Tucker. <laughs> Trayvon Mullen, guy that I liked coming out of Clemson that year in the draft. But you do stupid things, you win stupid prizes, and that is that graphic. Well, the only thing that the Raiders win is stupid awards right now. Because they just, I mean, like the, 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 the lap around Arrowhead last time around that they won the game, they just make a lot of mistakes here at Arrowhead because they done pissed off the Chiefs again, and they went out and absolutely manhandled them from literally the first snap of the game because we don't acknowledge special teams the first snap was the first snap of the game anyway yeah it was it was just a dominant performance up and down for the Chiefs and I mean it was over as quickly as KU Mizzou was yesterday (laughs) that's true it was very anticlimactic in a couple of the uh, big games that we had to watch uh, at KC Sports Network but uh, yeah just the audacity for a team that's won three of their last now 15 games against the Chiefs to do the lap last year with John Gruden and all the stuff that Raiders have been through this year and then now for them to go on the logo and just man- try to manufacture something to try to get themselves going in a really dumb way. Well, they must. Uh, that might have been all they needed to try to, you know, like they have nothing to play for. They have no hope. Uh, their franchise is a colossal embarrassment and will continue to be for the, you know, for the, the foreseeable future. You know, it's not a colossal embarrassment. What? The Chiefs defense. <laughs> <laughs> like these guys, it is, it's amazing to watch them. Oh. The defensive line. They, those guys just can't be blocked. I don't want to, and we talked about this before, about not wanting to give too much credit to like any one individual player because it is a team game and all that. But man, Melvin Ingram, like there's a lot of guys. Mike Hughes, this was the Mike Hughes game. This best game that I've seen from Mike Hughes. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that yeah. point, but what was happening up front and Derek Carr being under pressure with Melvin Ingram, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, those guys Wharton, Jaren, we, after it. That's now six yeah. straight games. The Chiefs held opponents under, I believe, 18 points, but it's an average of 10.8 points per game. Over the last six, they forced five turnovers today. And we always talk about like the key, the the core stats, turnovers, five turnovers, third down, forced them to go four of 11. And then the Raiders were one of two inside the red zone. But I don't think it was till the end of the first half. They even crossed that logo yeah. that they christened. 
before the game or whatever. It took, it took him 29 minutes and 20 seconds to get to the to the 50 yard line. Uh, the Raiders did just an absolutely dominant performance across the board. It was it was a joy to watch. I mean, everything went everything went right really. Like, yeah, I mean, they didn't turn the ball over and make a ton of mistakes. You, you saw some of the vintage Patrick Mahomes on the offensive side of the football. You saw an absolutely dominant defensive line. Everybody across the board. Like yeah. You started listing off those players. You could throw Jaron Reed. You throw Treshawn Wharton in there. I mean, all these guys were generating pressure. It was it's fun. I mean, it's, yeah. this is just it's a nice tune-up before the biggest game of the of the year. Next yeah, time. Thursday night is going to be a lot of fun against the Los Angeles Chargers, and we will be right back here. And again, special shout-out to Darren and Jason, everybody involved uh, with the Kingdom Bar and Grill here in Overland Park. It has been a, a slow, painstaking process for everyone involved to, to get this to a point where um, – you know, everything's installed in the COVID and all the backups and the shipping and all that kind of stuff. But um, the place is starting to come together. You can see the bar right behind us. Um, should be open in the next couple of weeks. We haven't put a date on it yet. Um, the owner and them have not put a date on it yet, I should say. But um, uh, we'll be back here on the 16th next Thursday night. We'll be announcing the uh, winners of the Soul of KC raffle. And we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. But um, we've got that Thursday night, obviously, with the postgame show. Um, should be a lot of fun. And anyone who is in the area right now, the goal um, is tentative. So don't hold me to it. But the goal would be the day after Christmas, the Steelers game, that the bar could be open at that point to invite people to come hang out and stay tuned to all our social media channels. But um, it's going to be one of those, uh, you know, counting down to the wire mm -hmm. and see if we can do that. But should be a lot of fun. We're going to be joined a little bit later by Craig Stout to help us break down this game. We might have a special guest joining us as well there's still a lot of moving pieces to all of that but um, a lot of good stuff we'll go over tomorrow's headlines with craig and we'll answer all your questions if you're sitting at home if you're riding back from the game or wherever you're at if you've got questions or comments please let us know as we see right there from kyle coffee um the ravens just recovered an onside kick down two with 115 to go are you kidding me without lamar jackson are so, you kidding me we won't get too much in we won't give too much into this uh that browns i'm really interested to see how that played out but again thank you for everybody watching whether you're watching us on the 101 the fox facebook page we appreciate that whether you're watching on twitter youtube twitch what the twitch excuse me um <laughs> wherever you're watching we appreciate your support um but before we bring craig on we just kind of went through initial impressions but uh how do you feel like besides the logo stuff um how do you feel like this game is going to be remembered you know a few months from now i don't think it will all that much like i know that sounds weird but i mean i don't i that's i it sounds but I, I don't think this is this is a defining moment for the chiefs in any way shape or form i think this was they took care of business in a big way um the expectations for this football team were to take care of business especially if a team is going to turn over the ball as much as the raiders did and they did they did what they were supposed to do they did what we expected them to do in a game where the raiders didn't do much of anything to keep it close um I think this is going to be a really short memory game for the Chiefs, frankly, because I think it's going to be overshadowed by the game that we've kind of talked about a little bit here and, and hinted at is, is Thursday. This is, you know, Thursday's the biggest game of the year for this football team, uh, I think, at this juncture. And uh, the, the Chiefs, they, they, they set themselves up very nicely for that game because they got to rest a little bit of their starters. Uh, they, they got to give them a little bit of time off, although I would have liked to see them you know, play maybe even a little bit less than they did. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think Chiefs Kingdom is probably going to move on pretty quickly from this one. Yeah, 90. Let's see if we can do the math. 90, no, 89 to 23 is what the Chiefs outscored the Raiders in their two games <laughs> this season. 89 to 23. And that was Patrick Mahomes. I can't do this math in my head. He went a lot. Yeah, he, he went nuts. He went like 35 of 50 in the first one, completing 70 percent of his passes. He went 20 of 24. He only completed four passes in this game. 
258 yards, two touchdowns. He finishes the season with seven touchdowns and no interceptions against the Raiders. There was one thing we might remember this game for, actually. And before we get to that, we are going to bring on a special guest right now from a very familiar place to all of Chiefs fans. James, thank you so much for joining us, man. What's up, guys? Just got done doing a little uh, on-the-field interview with my main man, Tyron Matthews, Walter Payton Man of the Year, uh, chatting with him about is this uh, could this be the best defense in football right now? These people are yelling at me from the stands. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm, doing like a show. I'm doing like a show right now. Um, the Plum KC Sports Network. Everybody can watch yeah. it wherever they're at, James. <laughs> I'll tell them that. I'll tell them that. But, man, in talking with time, I mean, like, you look at what they were able to do defensively, and this is a completely different group. It's funny, Tyron and I, before we got on camera, were joking about, you know, I talked to him in Washington on the field. Uh, and if you remember that game, he lost his marbles on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw his helmet at the sideline during right before you know halftime, and screaming at the sideline, and, and he had just so much frustration. And he told me like, "I'm so frustrated because I know what we can do as a defense, and we're just not doing it." And, and now he's like, "I'm not so frustrated anymore because <laughs> they're playing, <laughs> they're, they're playing pretty well." So I mean, because they want all week, he told me they wanted to go out there and, and make sure they started fast. That was their big emphasis throughout the week. He told me, and, and they reminded themselves throughout the week what happened here last year. And I think we all remember what happened here last year with the Raiders. And that was a big motivating factor for them throughout the week because he, he actually didn't even know what happened on the logo pregame. I wanted to ask him about it, but I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> he didn't know We've been talking it. about it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know about it. Uh, but, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a completely different group. But I think Melvin's a big part because it lets Chris Jones play where he naturally plays. And I've talked to Chris's people, you know, recently of just, you know, the risk was way worse than people thought. Uh, he wasn't playing exactly where, um, you know, he is most dominant. Um, and, and now you're seeing that just trickle through the rest of that defensive front. And now you don't have to load the box to be good against the run and the pass. James, I want to ask you about Tyron Matthews specifically, because I know you've spent some time around him. And this is a very nuanced thing to discuss with leadership when they that when they were struggling and, and you were right there when he kind of lost it. And I think a lot of people want to project, and I'm not insulting anyone, it's just a lot of people project what they think a leader should be inside a locker room in those kinds of situations. And maybe it was just kind of blind trust for me, but I'd been around Tyron enough to know, like, whatever he thinks is the way to try and fix things, to motivate guys, to, to get the message across. Just let him do his thing. Like, he's not going to disrespect. He's going to be the guy. He's the one who's earned the right to handle it the way that he seems fit. How have you seen that leadership and that, that tangible effect that he has when he speaks alphas listen? And that's such a hard dynamic yeah. to understand that you have a locker room full of alphas, and when that guy speaks, everybody else shuts up and just listens to him because of the respect that he commands. How have you kind of seen that that leadership kind of manifest? You kind of did, but just how important yeah. is that having that guy on a team that wants to accomplish the things that the Chiefs want to accomplish? You know, BJ, people may not know this, but being a great leader does not mean you're a popular player within the locker room. It does not mean you're everybody's best friend. A lot of times you can't be. And there's enough guys in this league. I won't name any names, but there's some great, great players that are unbelievably self-motivated that have gotten them to where they are, gotten them to Hall of Fame status to where they are, and they can't lead in a locker room. I mean, they don't get it why, you know, other guys can't can't work the way they work. They don't understand why guys don't understand the game the way they understand it. You have to be tough on guys to be a leader. 
And Tyron's that way. But I think Tyron has a special trait to where he's still unbelievably liked. But he will lay it to you. And he will lay into anybody on this team if he's not scared to. And he did it in Arizona when I covered him there. He did it in Houston in the short period of time that I was there and covering him. In the one year, I remember, he, he had like a speech before the season started. The players told me they something they'd never even like heard before. And he was voted a captain immediately on a team that he just walked into. And that's kind of what he's done in his past. And he's done it here, too, because he knows how to win. He knows the right way to play because he's so smart as a player. But he also knows how to push guys' buttons to get the most out of them. And, and that's kind of what you were saying, right? Like being able yeah. to push guys um, and at times not be their best friend. And he will tell you exactly how he feels. It is about getting the most out of your teammates. It's not being the most liked guy in the locker room. And I think that's no. kind of the, the biggest difference that people forget. When you're a great player, it doesn't mean you're a great leader. It is rare to be a great player and a great leader. And we can get into Tyron, uh, Tyron some more, but I, I, was, I heard a lot of things this week about Patrick as a leader uh, in, in terms of what the offense is going through and the struggles they're having. I think his leadership, when they're not playing well, behind the mm-hmm. scenes has been more than what people think. Do you think there's anything to glean offensively from what the Chiefs were able to do today? I mean, the last couple, you know, really strong offensive performance that we've seen from the Chiefs have come against the Raiders. Teams have kind of been playing the Chiefs a little bit differently than the Raiders have, you know, with a lot of that too high stuff. Do you think there's anything positive to take away from what we saw offensively from the Chiefs today? Yeah, they should just play the Raiders every week and then there's a whole (laughs) new uh, situation, (laughs) the way it works. I think what you can take, and, and you saw some of the old stuff, right, Patrick, getting outside the pocket, which teams haven't let him do a whole lot lately. Uh, you know, they've been really good about being disciplined up front. I talked about this on NFL Network. Teams haven't been overly aggressive up front, and they've been really disciplined in their lanes the last couple of weeks. So he hasn't been having those lanes to, to, to run out and make things happen. He was able to do that today. Um, I think what you're seeing from some of this, though, is he still took what, what defense was giving him. And I had a long conversation, ultimate name drop with Hall of Famer Kurt Warner last night here in Kansas City over the phone <laughs> about, about, about Patrick and about, you know, the way this offense is working. And, you know, he's seeing, and he knows the position better than I do, he's seeing Patrick be more and more patient as the season goes on. And, and I think what he's learning is, you know, oh, this is what it's going to take to win this game? Okay, let's do that. Not, I have to do this. And the comparison, and I know Patrick has mentioned this to people close to him, the reason people love Manning, the reason people love Brady, is because they won. It doesn't matter about the numbers. It's because they're winners and they win. And that's what Patrick's learning, that wins are the most important thing. It's not my numbers. And if he has that mindset at this age, that's remarkable. Because what happens a lot a lot of times, guys, is everybody gets impatient, right? He gets impatient at times. Offensive coordinators, Andy Reid as a play caller gets impatient. If a team's going to give you the five-yard hitch, and they're going to give it to you, you're going to go, oh, I'm going to take it three times. Oh, and then we're going to burn them when they think we're taking it to fourth. Brady's going to go, oh, you're giving me the hitch? I'll take it 20 straight times, and I don't care if we go down the field five yards at a time. Take what the defense gives you and don't get antsy. I think that's what's kind of changing with Patrick is he's not getting real antsy. That's what I took from this because he still had some shots, but at the same time, he still just surveyed the field. This is what I should take. Let's move on with this. And I think that mindset, might make some people go, oh, the explosive stuff's not there all the time. But, like, they're winning games. And I think he's learning to win in different ways. And I think at the end of this year, however it finishes, I think this is going to be an amazing year for his growth as a quarterback because of the way teams played them and the adjustments he had to make. James, there's reports out of Arrowhead right now that the Chiefs played the wheels on the bus. (laughs) 
on while, while the Raiders were exiting the stadium. I don't know. You might have been on with Tyron while you were doing that. Can you confirm or deny that? No, I didn't. That's fantastic. But I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny. I was talking to Tyron, and I, I know the place is going crazy in here. And Chris Jones grabbed like a phone and was like running around the field. And then, like, sprint, he had to do an ESPN interview, and he sprinted to the sideline. Graziano's just, like, waiting for him in the middle of the field. And he, like, goes to the sideline. He's, like, partying with all the players. and I mean, partying with all the fans and stuff. I did not hear the wheels on the bus. But like I said, man, Pat had a Pat had that, that tunnel that, you know, they come out of and both teams use. I, I've been told that I hang out there a lot. I usually should have this time, but I didn't. I was hungry. But uh, Patrick really fired up the group in that tunnel before they took the field talking uh, some choice words about what happened the last time the Raiders were here and make sure, sure he's utilizing that as a bit of a momentum, uh, you know, uh, attempt to build things early on. But I, I, I can dig around. I can uh, – I'm still down here. Say, hey, did you guys hear the wheels on the bus? Did, did they play that? <laughs> yeah. They both said they played it. Two and three forces. I'm All right, then we're going to give a special uh, shout-out right now to uh, Rob Alberino, Brad Young, Anna Topkin, and Kristen Pugh as the crew that runs Arrowhead Vision, the Aerovision and all of that. So a special shout-out. If that happened, those would be the people that would be a part of that. Brad, you see, yeah, yeah, BJ. BJ, you see yeah. that? That's good journalism. That's two sources right there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it out per sources now. Yeah, I continue to learn things from you. I spent six years yeah. just following you around and watching everything you did, and now I continue to do it. <laughs> I just get to sit in an empty bar right now and, and learn. You guys as a well. bar? Yeah, Where it's going to be open in a couple of weeks. You're more than welcome to come hang out next time oh, you're in town as soon as it's open. I, I was looking for, like, the next couple of hours before my flight. But <laughs> you can come hang <laughs> when out. Open it? Yeah, when are you opening up? It was supposed to open September open? 1st, but COVID happened. So oh, we're still, okay. we're still like, waiting. That's not a couple of weeks. Okay, got it. No, we, we will be open in a couple of weeks. Before the end of the year, the goal is to Love be it. open. And since the Chiefs keep winning and you're a big deal, they will keep sending you to Kansas City to cover games. That is all accurate. No lies so, told there by my man. BJ. All right, because I know your arm's probably about to fall asleep, I'm going to ask oh, you one man. last question. And that's how your excited are you for it's okay. <laughs> I'm flustered now. What? <laughs> um, Thursday night, Chiefs Chargers. Is it the most anticipated Thursday night? Yeah, I don't even know what the schedule is. Just how much are you looking forward to that game? Oh, monster. Absolute monster. I actually did the Chargers last week in Cincinnati, uh, and I've done a couple of their games. So, uh, yeah, we can chat the Chargers a little bit. But, yeah, I, I, that's, that's absolutely huge. I asked Tyron, I go, what, how, do you, how do you win that game? Getting the cold tub now uh, was his answer. <laughs> so, uh, so they're, I mean, listen – I think we've seen from the Chargers is just an erratic team. And I know a lot of people in that building, and they're trying to figure it out. About one day you see them and you mm-hmm. go, I don't know who beats this team, right? Like, I'm not sure, like, you know, how, how this operates. And then the next day you're like, God, this is brutal. Like, they, they can't play a normal game. I'll give you that. Like, I, I was talking to their broad, radio broadcast team, which is two coworkers of mine, uh, and Daniel Jeremiah and Matt Money Smith. And they were both like, they have not played a normal game this season. Like, <laughs> if they are up by three touchdowns, it will be a nail-biter. If they're down by three touchdowns, it will be a nail-biter. I think, to me, just what we're trying to see is, like, Herbert and Mahomes, just, like, we're going to watch this for a decade. And I think, you know, Justin has a lot of growth, but he makes a lot of mistakes when he tries to do too much. And that's what teams have tried to do that I've talked to. When he rolls out and pushes the ball downfield, he takes chances. He takes a lot of chances. And the way that this team is forcing turnovers right now, that's a pretty good recipe, I think, for Kansas City. 
Absolutely love it. James Palmer, thank you so much for joining us here on the KCSN no Live postgame show. No problem, we will guys. talk with you soon, I'm sure. See this? It's a camera Beautiful. guy, too. Yeah, yeah I got a Dak Prescott jersey. You see that? <laughs> it's the most beautiful place in the entire world. You see that Dak jersey? Hey, why is that guy in a Dak jersey? <laughs> this is hardcore in. journalism here on the postgame show. James, you are more than welcome to join us every postgame. Hey. So when the bar opens, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sounds good. NFL Network's James Palmer. Yep. Thank you, guys. Friend. Have a good one. Yep, you too, buddy. Good talking to you. All right. That that's real leadership, Kent. You know what else shows real leadership? What, BJ? Fairway Independent Mortgage. <laughs> Fairway Independent Mortgage makes the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years. Call Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. That's 816-390-8898. Great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That is Fairway Independent Mortgage. I didn't even have to look. At that one, Kent. That's impressive. We're doing this so much now. I just <laughs> got it down. It? Just got it down. It's all like it's like me with the with the Emprise Bank intros. Yeah, During, yeah. I got Solid. a lot of them. I got a lot of them just rolling in the head. Nice. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know who I want to get rolling in my head right now? <laughs> you want to try that again? Nope. The uh, <laughs> big institution, Mr. Craig Stout, joins us now. <laughs> I can't see him on our monitor because the camera's in the way. His face is as red as his shirt. Ooh, there he is. Ooh. What did I say? Hi, guys. Did, was that really bad? It just, you know. It, All right. There's, you know. Hi, Craig. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. Great with Chiefs beat the Raiders. Kent, where'd you get that hat and when do I get mine? Uh, it is. Uh, you will be getting one soon, buddy. Okay, we're, we're making Thank that you, happen. buddy. Appreciate yeah, it. You. Appreciate it. We got you. I got to follow James Palmer. That was amazing. That was like, incredible. Seriously. That was great. And was James like, was awesome. Let's have was, him on every week. It was like my, my favorite, like my favorite 10 moments of 10 minutes of KCSN we've ever had. That was just, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so good luck trying to follow that up, Craig. Um, yeah. Real. Yeah. Just <laughs> confirming reports out of Arrowhead with the security guards. He's yelling at security guards to get sources. It's beautiful. Um, okay. So. I don't let's 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 just let's just jump right in, Craig. We gotta yeah, probably talk about it. some some football related stuff. Although the only there's only one team that played football today, and that was the Chiefs. The Raiders really didn't do much anything, but um it was good to see the offensive side of the football do some good things again against Gus Bradley. Yeah. It, you know, we're always gonna put the caveat next to this is Gus Bradley's, you know, cover three defense. They were showing a lot of two high looks and then rotating, you know, getting into that cover three, cover six defense, buzzing that safety down. But the Chiefs had the answer. And, I, you know, we've been through enough games now where we're witnessing this offense at times have the answer and not be able to, you know, execute all game long. They were able to execute all game. Like, they did not struggle with drop passes. They didn't struggle with, you know, receivers running the wrong routes, people being, you know, on the, you know, not being on the same page. About the only thing that we can really, you know, kind of nitpick a little bit the offensive tackle play wasn't great, but you know, that's going to happen at times. This, you know, when we did this game the first time, it was uh, one of those where we projected this to maybe be a difficult matchup for the Chiefs' offensive tackles. It kind of came to fruition this week, but it wasn't a hindrance. The Chiefs got themselves into some third and long situations, and we got to see the vintage Chiefs' offense, you know, moving the ball down the field, putting points on the board. Like, it's hard to be mad about anything on this Chiefs offense. 
yes, it is Gus Bradley. Yes, it is that same shell that the Chiefs beat up on earlier this year. But it's good to see the execution, a lack of drops, you know, no interceptions. You guys, no interceptions this week. It's just terrific to see all of that go the Chiefs offense's way and not have to worry about execution. You know, one of the things we really haven't talked about much yet is the creation outside of the structure Mm -hmm. that we saw this week. There's a little bit of that, you know, back. You know, it looked like vintage Patrick LeVon Mahomes, some plays outside of, you know, outside of the design. Some explosive plays generated, kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, trying to, um, you know, do some stuff out of structure. That was really nice to see today. Yeah, it really was. They they went vertical. It hit. Uh, McCole Hardman on a stop and go. Uh, that was great to get McCole, you know, vertical. Obviously hit Tyree Kill vertical a couple of times and attempted it a few more times. Patrick mm-hmm. was looking deep a lot more often. I think we even talked about this against the Broncos and they're playing a single high shell. The Chiefs didn't really test them vertically. And I, I think if you look at Patrick Mahomes' passer chart, you're kind of going, yikes. Like everything <laughs> was condensed and close to the line of scrimmage. We're going to see a passing chart on this one, and it's going to be all over the place. It's going to be every blade of grass. The Chiefs really did a good job of making the Raiders defend absolutely everything. So it doesn't matter how, you know, the matchup on the defensive side of the ball. It was the way they attacked, the way they created Patrick Mahomes getting outside of the pocket, still able to extend plays and make stuff happen. That was, again, it's vintage Chiefs offense. It's stuff that we haven't seen enough over the past five or six games. So it's good to see it again, no matter what the defense is that they're facing. Mahomes averaged 10.8 yards per attempt passing. Let's today. do that that's, again. Let's do more of that. Let's do that. Suck. Let's do that again on Thursday. Uh, you know what else doesn't suck, BJ, is the defensive line. My goodness, I that they that was just an outstanding performance from them, Craig. And like that, it's just an unfair group, and it's a deep group, and it's it's it kind of seems like you know all the excitement we had about that front kind of manifested itself a little bit today. Yes, it really did. You remember early this season, before the season started, we were talking about how this Chiefs defense was probably this defensive line was probably the strength. You know, we talked a lot about Jaron Reed and about. Chris Jones and his ability to play some defensive end and kick inside and still rush the passer and Frank Clark being good and all of this extra stuff that we talked about that the Chiefs defensive line was going to be able to do. And then it came out at the beginning of the year and it wasn't there. (laughs) This was what we expected right here. Actually, this is probably more than we expected because they added Melvin Ingram, Alex Okafor for the second week in a row has looked good rushing the passer. Multiple good rushes this game. Jaron Reed, multiple good rushes this game. We know that Chris Jones and Frank Clark are playing at a high level and Melvin Ingram are playing at a high level, but it's that that fourth and fifth guy that's coming into the rotation mm-hmm. and still getting you know, beating their man one-on-one because there's so much focus on Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and now Melvin Ingram. These guys are winning, and they're winning with the four-man rush, which allows the secondary to play the way that they are even when they're deep in their rotation. Tyron Matthew played in the slot today, in the nickel, replacing Legereus Needs. Prayers up for Sneed and his loved ones there. But Tyron Matthew plays in the slot, which means that Dan Sorensen and Juan Thorner are on the back end, and Mike Hughes is on the outside. And that defensive line was able to get to Derek Carr enough to where Derek Carr's best passes were all just kind of dump-offs underneath the Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs defense will take that every single 
week, especially when they're playing the way that they are, they're able to tee off and the way they're stopping the run. That was excellent. That's exactly what Spagnuolo wanted to do. And they got to really pull back on the reins and they still got pressure even without blitzing this week. So just a terrific job of the Chiefs defense. You talked about the Chiefs being deep, deep in their defensive line rotation. And, you know, this this game could not have come at a better time for the 48-9. The Chiefs got to, you know, get some starters off the field for most of the fourth quarter. I would have argued you probably could have even got them a little bit more rest. But mm-hmm. this team got, you know, this team didn't have to play the same kind of snap count that they might have had to in a close game. And they got, a, you know, the big Thursday game. This sets them up really great. Yeah, really, really nice. We don't have to sit here and go, oh, man, they had a tough out. You know, I had to take a whole bunch of extra hits, all this extra stuff. The Chiefs defensive starters played 47 snaps. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, they had a healthy rotation going even late in the third quarter there. Multiple snaps in a row without Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey on the field. It was, you know, Josh Gordons, McCall Hardman, Noah Gray and Blake Bell, you know. And Derek Gore was getting a lot of run as well. The Chiefs did a good job of insulating themselves and then, you know, full-on replaced their offensive line there and was able to get some good rotation. Nick Bolton played dime snaps today, and those are valuable for him in coverage. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. That's 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 exactly what you want to see. So they really got into their depth a lot, and they got in there for most of the game on a short week here. The biggest game of the Chiefs season to date right now. Chiefs beat this Chargers team. Not only are they in control of the AFC West, they have an inside track towards maybe the one or the two seed here. So we're talking about pushing towards the end of the year. This is the big one. This short week, going to Los Angeles, getting to pull those guys early, save those legs, keep them a little fresher, and also not having to get deep into the playbook and do a whole bunch of extra stuff and show extra things to the Chargers. That's awesome. Because now you've got Andy Reid on a short week with more plays in his back pocket and these guys with fresher legs than the Chargers will likely have who are playing right now as we're recording this against the Giants. As long as that doesn't turn into a blowout, Chiefs are going to have probably less snaps on their legs. That is absolutely crucial for a must-win game for the Chiefs. I want to keep you on for this next segment, but you're talking about the defense. Four different guys ended up with a fumble recovery. Four different guys ended up with the ball in their hands. Five different guys on the Chiefs defense were credited with at least a half a sack. So pressure, guys making plays all over the place. And it's the reason why when we talk about our big cedar golf best drive of the game, we're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. And we're going to talk about that. But real quick, let's take a quick look at big cedar golf. That video lasted about as long as the Raiders' first drive, which is why it is the Big Cedar Golf best drive of the game because when you stand on a damn logo and you're disrespectful to a team that's been kicking your tail in for a while, this is what happens. 12 seconds into the game, the ball ends up in Mike Hughes' hands, touchdown. Don't act like it's not destined to happen. That's what happens. It's awesome. A street, it's a steamroller. I'm, I'm here for it, man. This is a, it was terrific. Uh, Mike Hughes, this is Mike Hughes day right here. Coming up, Johnny on the spot, Jaron Reed. Actually, Chris Jones is the guy knifing into the backfield, forcing Josh Jacobs to have to go around. Jaron Reed's there to punch it out. Mike Hughes picks it up. Man, best possible start that you could have had for the Chiefs defense. And 
Yeah, that's what happens when you they're, come to Arrowhead. And you right stand they're, after. They're very, they're, they're sites that are just the most beautiful sites in the world. And Big Cedar Golf, if you're a golfer and you live in the Midwest, you mm-hmm. go down there, one of the most beautiful sites in the world. Mm-hmm. When you're at Arrowhead and you're going up against the Raiders and they're being the Raiders and being all disrespectful and having all this cockiness for no reason. And then they come out on the first play and the guy hesitates to bring it out of the end zone, which is a bad sign from the beginning. It's like, these guys aren't ready to play. And then first play, like you mentioned, Chris Jones knifes in, Jaron Reed grabs it, Mike Hughes, touchdown. Like it, it seemed to me that, and this is all in all seriousness, and I'm glad you brought up Legereus need earlier because it's a it's a dynamic that fans don't necessarily always understand how close those guys are in that locker room and that when one of them is hurting, they're all hurting. And this isn't a little like it's an absolute tragedy what happened with Legereus need and his family. And coming from everybody on the show has never talked to Legereus need, not going to pretend to. You feel when people that you care about or people you've been around are hurting, you just you hurt for them in that kind of way and for the defense and for the team to play the way that they have and specifically for the defense and for a guy like Mike Hughes, who is going to need to step up with Legereus need being out in this game for the game to start like that with everything coming in. It's just, it's just chef's kiss in that way. And it was beautiful that it kind of took the pressure off the defense, but at the same time kind of showed respect to their teammate and the guy that, you know, that they feel for uh, and anything they can do to make, LeJerry Sneed and his family feel a little bit better on an absolute awful situation. Um, that was a great way for it to start. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, you, you said it. There's, there's undoubtedly a lot of emotion there yeah. for the Chiefs today. Um, and you saw that the, the brotherhood, you know, talk, extending with, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, made sure to get uh, LeJerry Sneed on a private flight back yeah. home. That's great just those little things like that. There's a lot of little, um, there's emotion behind this. And like, this game is an emotional sport and the brotherhood is real within that locker room. So the, Except the, in Jacksonville. Except in Jackson. Oh. Sorry, sorry. I saw another tweet about him and Vrabel not shaking hands after the game as two guys that have respect and like each other. That yeah, sounds sorry. about right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it was cool to see the Chiefs respond such an, in such a way. I mean, that was. Yeah. A, I mean, they came out like they came out emotional. The Chiefs, the Chiefs didn't, the Chiefs didn't do any antics uh, at the beginning of the game, but they were exceptional from Jump Street. The energy was absolutely there. You know why? Why? Because they weren't focused on logos, Kent. They were focused on touchdowns. <laughs> they scored them early, too. That's the best part. <laughs> Everybody wanted to talk about the opening yeah. drive touchdown for the offense and all of that. Nah, defense had it covered this week. Don't worry about it. Offense can go <laughs> yeah. ahead and score on the next whole bunch of drives. Defense got that first one. You guys can go ahead and have a three and out. You guys can flip you know, polar opposites of what it's been for like the past four weeks. So that's awesome. Yeah, good reminder that the, the 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 Chiefs actually started this game with a three and out on offense too. Yeah, I remember That's wild. <laughs> just because uh, when we were watching the game, you were very upset about the offense after that first drive. That was bad. You used like four adjectives that were very strong. It was just like for it was very just... start early in the game. You were very fired up for somebody who writes about the first fifteen. It was almost like, damn it! Like, it was it was embarrassing. It was just an awful. If it was it was an awful. Early script. Let's just run the ball into a brick wall twice. I just, it was bad. It wasn't good. And look what happened at the end of the game. Just a complete. It got opting. good. It got good quick. It's shellacking. It's, it, it's all right. Yeah. All right. Craig, before we let you go, can you give us your, your last thought on this game? And then obviously the Chiefs with the short week coming up with the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night. And every game's important, but this one is, this is it. It's all about execution on offense. It's good to see good execution on offense. And then on the Chiefs defensive side of the ball, the Chiefs 
have held four of their last five opponents under 10 points. Only opponent that scored above 10 was the Raiders the last time they played. They scored 14. Garbage time. Chiefs defense has been phenomenal. Short week, biggest game of the year. They got to show up, play just the, just like they did today. They do that again. Woo! AFC West is in trouble. Yeah, find them on Twitter at Barley Hop. We will be talking tomorrow live on the KC Laboratory live show, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Craig, cannot wait to talk more about this game with you and Maddie Lane later. Yeah, appreciate you guys. All right, and we will be back with you in just one second. We're going to take a quick break and look at some of the other shows on our network here at KC Sports Network on the college side. And we'll be right back to put a bow on this one. You know, it's off topic a little bit, but I had a lot of fun yesterday. We were in mm-hmm. Lawrence for the, the Border War game. We were at Wayne and Larry's. Uh, they're off um, Iowa Street. They're on the, what is it, west side of town. But um, Lawrence isn't necessarily in my area, but that's where we were. It was a lot yeah. of fun. We were with uh, Jared Sutton and Jeff Hawkins, the two yeah. hosts of our Border War podcast. Had former uh, KU standout All-American Keith Lankford uh, came and joined us, and that was a lot of fun. So uh, Chiefs fan, even if you're a college, KU, K-State, Mizzou, we've got content there. You can find it all on our YouTube channel and everything. But uh, let's put a bow on this game and talk a little bit about the short week and everything that's going to go into that because it's not just that it's a short week. It's a short week, and you're going on the road. Yeah, I don't really know if there was much of anything that the Chiefs could have done today that was really going to inspire uh, or change your opinion of this team. They did they did what they're supposed to do against a team that's kind of flailing. And But I think everybody's attention's kind of been focused on what we're about to see, yeah. you know, what we're about to see on Thursday. And I liked that, you know, the second half is what it is. And we saw it particularly with the offense, Darrell Williams, and it doesn't seem like Clyde Edwards-Elair. It doesn't seem that either one of them got run in the second half. Mm-hmm. And that I heard Craig just brought up 47 snaps for the defense, which is lower than you would tend to have. and so while it's a short week, you didn't necessarily overexert the guys um, in the second half. And it wasn't as many high leverage plays there in the second half with things that they were doing. So right. it, it was set up as good as it could going into a short week late in the season. This is about the best you could have asked for, for bodies to be as right as they could be uh, with the game coming off going into the short week. Right. Yeah. With limited snap count The you know, yep. I, the, I'm looking here, even you know, in, a, in a game with like with Thursday, three hours matters. And so the Chargers are playing in, uh, an afternoon game right now. They are tied with the Giants currently late in the first quarter. I'm just hoping the Giants make that competitive. Just make them play for 60 minutes. That's a nice little boost for this team as they're going through all this. 47 snaps on the defensive side of the football. And uh, that's, that's really nice. That's really nice. It's going to be very valuable, I think, when it comes Thursday. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier, on Thursday night, right off the top of the postgame show, we will uh, announce... Th- a handful of the winners for the soul of KC raffle and toy drive that we did. Um, we all had a chance, Kent, myself and Tucker and Maddie Lane was actually in town from North Carolina. We got a chance to go to the Dick sporting goods in Overland park uh, last Friday afternoon and spent just shy of $9,000 um, buying all kinds of different toys that were um Uh, picked up by Operation Breakthrough at Dick's Sporting Goods. We're able to load it up, and we've got a little bit of B-roll. We'll be able to show everybody uh, that supported this fundraiser uh, and this toy drive. We'll be able to show you B-roll of all the toys and everything that we were able to do, and then we all had a chance to go down to Operation Breakthrough uh, and see Jennifer Heineman down there, and she gave us a tour, and just unbelievable work that's done in this community and there, there are a lot of companies there are a lot of programs a lot of organizations that do a lot of great things in kansas city and not take anything away from any of them but it was eye-opening to go in and spend that hour hour and a half whatever it was getting that tour of operation breakthrough and it it made me feel even better about doing a good thing knowing that um there are some really selfless people in this community that mm-hmm. that don't just spend a you know a few times a year try to do some nice things these people do this every single 
day and is what they are about. And I couldn't be more supportive or have more respect um, for mm-hmm. people in this community that dedicate their lives to making others' lives better. Well, thank you to everyone that made you know made a donation to that and and getting to be there and see that and seeing you know the impact that you guys all made sorry <clears throat> uh it was it was incredible it was really incredible it was it was, it was the coolest moment that we've had at kcsn easily easily um easily uh it was the best day ever yeah that was that was special and so um on your guys's end the fun stuff that we talked about there are 17 different items and we were raffle those off during the live post game show everything from the patrick mahomes autographed helmet to the chris jones jersey to all the different gift cards to the wine to the guys chips uh to the cookie society with our friend jeff allen who um you know shout out to jeff he's also you know hurting so if you're watching the show you're on social media um send jeff you know a you know, thinking about you type mm. message. He's, he's got some stuff too. So um, thinking about uh, him and obviously the Jarius need his whole family and, and all the chiefs organization, people that care about him and care about their families. Uh, that stuff's very real and goes way beyond the game. But um, Thursday night chiefs chargers should be, I don't know. I don't have the standings in front of me, but it's pretty much for the AFC West at this point. Is it not? Okay. Yeah. They're, they're in really, really good shape. If, uh, if they win that game. Cool. Well, hopefully it goes into overtime between the Giants and the Chargers or the Giants can jump up and bop them. Hey, um, just make it competitive. Just play about 95 snaps for the defense. There you go. <laughs> overtime would be wonderful. That'll be good. But again, we appreciate everybody for tuning in to this live post game show here from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park. We're right at 127th and Antioch. You know, I've had a lot of people asking, you know, where exactly is the bar? Uh, it is located 127th in Antioch in the middle of a little strip mall here. Um, don't know the square footage. I think it's about 4,000 square feet. So it's a nice size bar. Uh, should be open sometime in the next couple of weeks. Just have some final stuff to do is the electrical and all the gas line. Everything gets hooked up. Uh, but this is going to be the spot. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a stage over in the corner. We're going to do all our post-game show stuff from. And make sure if you're following, follow the Kingdom Bar on social media tweeted out from some of my accounts and the KC Sports Network's accounts. But if you're a diehard Chiefs fan, you have been for a while, there's going to be, uh, let me just say the the feel and the art that is put up around this bar is going to look very familiar to you. So there's going to be a very local feel uh, to everything going on here. And that's about as much as I'm going to tease right now. And we'll, we'll send some pictures, not up yet, uh, but we'll send some pictures and tease some of that stuff when it's done, but it's going to be a special place. I'm excited for, for chiefs fans to have another place to call home. There's a lot of cool sports bars around Kansas city, but this is definitely going to be a cool one that, uh, that we are out a lot. So anyway, thank you everybody for watching. We will catch you on the live post game show next week, but make sure to tune in tomorrow night at six 30 to the KC laboratory. These guys will watch the film, break it down a little bit more and prov- provide us some uh, some great nuggets going into that game on Thursday night. So for Kent, for Tucker, for Scott, and everybody at KC Sports Network, we appreciate you for watching. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you, Chiefs Kingdom. Be good to each other.